Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Jesus informs us in the Bible to count the cost, to calculate, to sum up, and to know the expense of truly being his disciple and truly being his servant. That's a doozy. We read in the Bible about the cost. You know, it will cost you, it will cost you to be his disciple. There's no doubt about it. And it will, it will cost you to be a Christian. If you're truly a Christian following Christ within culture, the way he's commanded, it will cost you. It will cost you to be his servant, to represent him in a public arena. Many people are Christians and they serve Christ, but they serve him in the background. They have not been called to serve him in a public capacity. They've been called to serve in a place of obscurity and being unknown. That's one cost. Because whatever we do and whatever we're called to do for Christ on this earth is going to have a price. There is a price to know Jesus. There is a price to obey Jesus. And there is a cost to serve Jesus. You may say, well, God doesn't really know what I do. There's 8 billion people on this earth. What is that to God, what I do? Well, God sees everything you do. And everything you do matters. You were created with a purpose. You were created with a plan, but there is a process to the plan. Say process. And in this process is where your reformation takes place, your refining, your testing, your proving, your trials. The Bible is very clear that Jesus grew and favor with both man and God. It's very clear in the Bible where it states that Joseph was tried while he was set in prison. All those years after God showed him his finality of being a ruler, but he finds himself in the bottom of a prison and sweeping the floors and probably cleaning the urinals and what have you there. It was not a glorious occupation for Joseph. And the years just kept going off the calendar as he remembered every day the plan God was placing him into. Well, there is a cost to get to the plan. There is a price you will pay to get to the plan. Jeremiah 29 11 is correct. It is written. I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord, a plan to bless you and not to harm you and a plan to do good 
and give you an expected end, say end. You know, the end does not come at the beginning. The end does not come in the middle. And oh no, I think I'm about there. The end doesn't come there. The end comes when God gives it to you. It's called finally. We have heard of the patience of Job. And we see finally the mercy and the pity of Almighty God. And God restored Job. Amen? But there was a process that Job had to walk through to get to the end called finally. Now, how we deal with all this will make us or break us. It's just part of the life. We may not like the cost. We may not like to calculate it and to sum it up and to know the certainty of the expense of truly being a disciple, a student of Christ. But go to the next level, and now you've been called into service. That's a whole other mountain. And you may raise your hands and tears running down your face and say, Oh, Lord, I'm so glad that you have called me into ministry. I don't know if this is going to be your response to God every day through the years, the hours, the tears, the rejections, the betrayals, the abandonments, the get out of here and get out of there. I don't know if you're going to be able to say, Oh Lord, I'm so grateful that you called me into ministry. I believe ministry and being placed in a public arena to represent Almighty God is probably, without a doubt, one of the hardest places that anyone will attain to capture. I believe it with all my heart and every bit of my soul. I remember the years I used to sit in church you know, with my Bible and my notebook and watch the preacher and listen and take my notes and go by the book table and see what was for sale and everybody's in, uh, happy and laughing and carrying on. But then I know what it's like to be the one called to be the preacher. And I know what goes on behind the curtain. You can assimilate it to Grapes. How do we get juice? Do we ever think about that when we go to the grocery style and grocery store and we're running down the aisle looking for a uh, special juice flavor? Let's pick grapes. We get the grape juice and take it through the checkout, pay for it, get it home, open it up, pour a big glass and down it. Within minutes, it's gone. We've inhaled it. But do you realize what it took for the grapes to be made into juice? They had to be crushed. They had to give up their form of life and surrender to crushing and to refining and to molding and to making 
to be in a element and in a substance called liquid to be drank and bring nourishment to people. Well, if God has called you into ministry, public ministry, any kind of ministry, but especially in a public setting, know this in advance. You will be crushed. You will be broken. And you will be made through the years, the tears, and everything in between. Let's talk about it. Because the goal is not for you to quit, which you'll want to quit. Oh, over and over and over, you'll throw up your hands and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I can't take another day of this. And God will remind you why you do this. It's not for the fame. It's not for the money. It's not for the name. It's for the real reason that there's a 8 billion souls upon the earth with a 107 per minute leaving the earth. And the stats are one out of a thousand goes to heaven because they do not know truth in its fullness. That's the reason you, yes, you have been called into full-time ministry. Let's check this out. When you are called into full-time ministry, you will always run up to the cost, the price, the expense of representing a holy God to a planet without. And if this planet doesn't receive what God has placed within you and God wants to birth through you, they will perish. So stand there and sit there because that's the reason you are called into full-time ministry. You will undergo family confusion. What are they doing? Are they crazy? Are they bipolar? Are they mental? You will undergo family misunderstanding. What has happened to her? She used to be this and now she's that. What happened to her? Well, she's been telling everybody she went to heaven and to hell. And she saw the reality of the afterlife. She saw the sorrow of Almighty God. And she has witnessed the tears of Jesus Christ over his lost world. She has also seen the enemy's camp and the devil face to face and how he has polluted this earth and taken a majority of the human race in which God created, God loves, and Jesus died for into hell where they will burn forever to God's sorrow and, of course, their regret. So let's sit here while we count the cost. Let's not move to the right. Let's not move to the left. Let us stay here with God and know why we do what we do and continue forward with Christ in our kingdom assignment where he's called us to stay and not faint in the day of adversity 
but to trust in him with all of our heart as our provision in life because everything we need is in him say in him you may not have anything right now the bills are stacking up and you may even have events that you don't have a dollar in your pocket to pay for them but you know God told you go forward and schedule this so what do you do you stay with God you stay with God but you will encounter family betrayal they'll walk the other way from you they'll abandon you in your desperate need your vehicle might have broken you reached out to a family member I need a car I, I have no transportation and you get a text back stating sorry I can't help you and you know this relative has money stacked up in the bank and it was a divine knock on his door to come to the service for Christ for if you give a cup of cold water to the least of these you've done it for me see Christ is the King of glory he is the Savior of the world he is the first he is the last he is the Alpha and he is the Omega he is the word dipped in blood and wears a vesture Revelation 1913 and his heart is for the lost upon this earth all you have to do is drive through your cities go through the news feed and all you see is lost confused people on their way into an eternal fire but we think more about our bank accounts than we do the lost and when Christ knocks on your door and asks for something and you quickly shut the door and say don't call back here anymore you shut the door in the face of God you shut the door in front of the souls upon this earth and you've aided and abetted Lucifer in his team the demonic fallen angels to keep the captives separated from reconciliation with Almighty God in your idolatry and your love of money and your greed and I guarantee you we will all answer to Jesus Christ one day every knee will bow and absolutely every tongue will confess as the Bible has already told us that Jesus is Lord meaning boss okay and he is the judge of the living and he is the judge of the dead so we have to ask ourselves what are we going to do in family confusion and family misunderstanding and family betrayal and family abandonment well let's check it out and see what Jesus says in the book of Luke chapter 14 verse 26 it reads if any man or woman you could put come to me come to Jesus and hate not his father and mother and wife 
and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life, he cannot, underline cannot, be my disciple. Did we really listen to that? Let's read it again so that we can digest it. Write this down. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You cannot have anything above your relationship with Jesus Christ. Your allegiance is to Jesus Christ, not to a father, a mother, a wife, a child, a brother, or a sister in yourself. They cannot come above your allegiance to Christ and what he's asked of you. That's exactly what he's saying. So are we counting the cost of being a true disciple and servant of Jesus Christ? Or are we doing Christianity the way we want it and according to men's tradition or the reprobate base nature of the carnal? It's something we all are going to face. No one leaves the earth alive. We all face Christ. There will come in your counting the cost, the death of relationships, the death of companionship, the death of habits, family birthdays, holidays, weddings, gatherings that nobody invited you to because they don't want you around. You will experience loneliness. In the loneliness, Christ is with you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And you have to say to Christ when he is allowed the loneliness, you have to say you are enough. You are enough, Jesus. And in that loneliness, you will get to know Christ. To know Christ is the top pursuit of mankind. It should be. It should be the top pursuit of humanity to know Christ. Because John 17, 3 says, to know Christ is eternal life. If your eternal soul is not the most important thing on your vision board, you've missed out on existence. Because you may have everything you ever wanted on your vision board, and now you need a new vision board because you just checked off the billion-dollar status, and you just checked off the, the, the magazine cover. You just checked off the new plane. Now, what are you going to check off next? But you'll leave too, like every person. The Bible clearly states in Psalm 78 that all flesh are like wind and pass away. In the loneliness, you will be made and molded by Jesus Christ. 
and a lot of making and molding is painful. When he takes a piece of your life and he severs it and he throws it into the trash and he looks at you and says it was dung. Paul said, I've lost everything and I counted as dung to know Jesus Christ. Are we there yet? And in the loneliness, there will be the building of your character, the building of who you are to be able to lead and to feed God's people into wholeness, into uh, success, into inheritance, into the image of Jesus, not the image of yourself. We don't, we don't say, hey, be like me. I know Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, but he didn't want people transformed into his image. He pointed them to Jesus as he continued to follow Jesus and to be yielding and surrendering to be transformed and conformed into the image of Jesus. You will experience in the cost, the isolation, where maybe you used to be the life of the party and you used to have all the holidays and the ribbons and the presents and you had more presents to wrap at Christmas than they did at the mall because you loved to give and to see the joy on their faces and you loved to make the big meals and you loved to light the fire and to fill the stockings and you loved the holiday but now you're in a season of isolation and God has you in that place, making you, perfecting you. And that's where you need to be. God brings us in and he hymns us many times into his plan where there will be no distractions. There will maybe be no money to buy the presents for the people you love and maybe have forgotten all about you. And in the isolation, he will build your faith because you don't have anything or anyone to lean on except the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is written and you will walk on water, the water of the word, because that will be your ground. That will be your floor. That will be your security. What is written in the Bible will be your solidity as God has eliminated the bicycle, tricycle wheels from your life. And he's building a maturity inside of you to be able to lead others into the freedom outside of the carnal worldly system, outside of Lucifer's kingdom and outside of carnal Christianity. You will be able to lead people into maturity. Why? Because God has matured you in the furnace of affliction. He has refined you in the fire. Is it fun? No. But the end will be beautiful if you don't quit. We can go back to Joseph. There was an end to that, his pain. The day came and Get Joseph ready. 
And Joseph went. After years of being developed, being refined, being absent from his family, as his family are the ones that threw him under the bus, so to speak. But he forgave his family and prayed for his family. And one day he was reunited to the ones that disregarded his need to be loved, accepted, and valued within that community called family. But you'll never be able to lead until God matures you. And maturing is pain. Maturing is pain. And you will walk through things that will build your faith because fear has to go. Because all God will give you is himself. Many times to set you free from crutches, so to speak, and relying on flesh. The Bible said that if you rely on the flesh, it's a curse. And it's like leaning into a spider's web. There's no solidity in relying on other people. Although God understands the need for community and companionship as he has made humans to dwell with each other. But we're on God's schedule and not ours. You will have an experience grief and sorrow as you eat the book and you realize that God has already shared with you in the book of Revelation chapter 10 that as you know him and you see life as it really is that you will experience both bitter which is sorrow and sweet which is joy and that's how life is when you're plugged into Christ you will experience the sorrow of seeing others fall out of the way you will see them fall out of the truth and you will see them fall out of the life and turn around and stab you with their fork tongue and then you turn around and you forgive them and you pray for their health and their wholeness and their freedom from the kingdom of hell and the God of this world you will experience and counting the cost and knowing the expense suffering you will share in the sufferings of Christ as recorded in 1st Peter 413 but rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed you may be glad also with exceeding joy you know, that's one thing that I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, seeing Christ flying down from his chariot out of the midnight sky. I think it was 3 a.m. in the morning. That story can be found in my book, Real God, at realaron.org. And I can see him in all of his glory flying out of the chariot, screaming, Go, Annie, go! Go, Annie, go! And he was so excited, so energetic, he had so much power to light up this planet. And when I think about him in that condition, I think what a joyful situation it is that one day we will exchange this 
human body that is fearfully and wonderfully made yes but we will exchange it for a body like his we will glow we will be we will be lit with beautiful colors celestial and, and like diamonds on the inside and outside of us it's amazing so when you go through these things that and then God will blow on you times of refreshing and, and because you wouldn't be able to make it and he's the potter and you're the clay but you know when I saw Jesus I in his glorified state in his wholeness I was elated at what God did by raising Jesus from the cross. I was amazed at after seeing the, the crucifixion and the mutilization of Christ because God took me to that hill on Calvary one night in a dream. And I stood on that hill and witnessed Christ hanging from that cross. And it was very dark and the wind was blowing and it was pitiful, the condition of Christ. And his eyes were bulging out of his head. And the pain he went through to bring me out of the world system, out of the kingdom of darkness, out of lack of knowledge. And I so much appreciate what he did for me. But to see him go from that condition to where he is today I mean God's the one that raised him up, up uh, out of the cross God's the one that healed him and put him back together so beautifully you never know he went through anything and that's the same God that made you that can take you out of any condition anytime anyhow because God is unlimited so whatever we're going through there is an end but there is a cost there is a cost. Jesus said, woe to the one that betrays the Son of God. It were better if he was never born. We need to remember that in our life as all these different seasons we, we go through. We go through the wilderness, the refining, the, the sufferings, the isolations, the abandonment, the betrayals, the silent years the nothing times, the times of, of nothing, absolutely nothing and no one. Your phone doesn't ring, your text doesn't ding, your email doesn't go off, you're, nobody's at the door, you go to the P.O. box, nothing at the P.O. box for years. And God says, you'll see. You'll see. But when you get to where I'm taking you, You'll never forfeit because of the work I've done in you. And you couldn't get to where I'm taking you and make it if you didn't go through the breaking process. So on this road, remember Romans 8, 28, all things are working together for your good. I mean, where are you going to run? You're going to run back to the world? Are you going to run back to the devil? Are you going to run to the one that has perfect love for you as Satan screams from the air to forsake the place God has called you to and to forsake the God who put you there? You know, Job said, even though you slay me, 
I will trust in you. I don't like this. Even the Bible says Jesus despised the shame. But for the joy set before him, he, he was going to his end. He endured the cross. So you never want to walk this road without looking at your end in front of you. Because it'll keep you where you need to be. And then we have the death of I, which is part of counting the cost. In the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 27, it reads, And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This will bring the no to your own will. This will bring the no to your own plans and no to your own desires. Yeah, but I always wanted to be an interior designer. This is what would make me happy. And once again, God will come after the I in you. And he'll say, that's not what I created you for. Perhaps it is, but perhaps it isn't. Is it profiting others? Is it where God has placed you or has it been critiqued and, and, and made over to be where you've wanted to be? We'll have to answer to Christ. So we must count the cost. The yes to God's will and God's service is a part of bearing your cross and coming after Christ. The life on purpose, which pursues knowing Jesus and Serving Jesus is a part of bearing your cross and going after Jesus. You know, when you go after Jesus, you open your Bible in the morning. You don't turn on the news. If that's the first thing you do in the morning is turn on the news, that's not going after Jesus. That's going and following the trail of the world. And you'll do as the world does and you'll think as the world thinks and you will receive what the world receives. If you follow Christ, you'll be called into a supernatural life with an invisible God that's with you all the time. Amen. In counting the cost and summing up the price, what's the price of following Christ? What is it? What is this all about? Well, I'll tell you the price Christ paid. Say all. That is the price that his servants will pay. All. God will test you on every side. What will you choose? Will you choose Christ or will you choose yourself others in the world. He will test you and he will come for all at different times and sometimes in big chunks. Because if Christ takes you to where he wants you to be and needs you to be in this hour and every hour of Christianity, every hour has been a need. You're going to have to be able to withstand the storms and the gates of hell. He told Peter that he was going to give him the keys. Okay? And the gates of hell would not prevail. Well, that took a while to develop Peter, didn't it? To be able to have that 
true. And we know by Peter's life, he stayed in there with Christ. When he fell, he said, I'm sorry. And Jesus reinstated him. Falling and failure is only a place to start over. Falling and failure is a place to say, God, I'm sorry. And start over. Amen. It's not a place to stop and quit and get off the bicycle and throw the bicycle in the blazing inferno. It's just a place to start over. You will experience loss as you count the cost and as you walk the road with Christ. You will have many losses. The loss of those who used to be your friends. It'll break your heart. The loss of those who used to be your colleagues. But now they've turned from you due to many reasons and maybe envy, maybe jealousy, maybe the lack they feel in their own life. These people do not like your success. These people do not understand your reason. As you witnessed the heart of God and the lost souls of humanity and you've been driven ever since working and co-laboring with Christ for the souls of the nations. These people do not understand your motive. What are you doing? We love God too. They just don't understand you. That's a loss. That connection is a loss. These people do not understand your drive. What's up with you? Why are you so concerned about others? Well, when you allow God to transform you, as we're all supposed to go through it, you come out different. And God takes you from glory to glory to glory to glory. And going from glory to glory to glory is not always a pretty sight. It's a very can be a very painful, lonely road. Matthew 8.22 reads, Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And so when you're, separa when you're separated from these people that you love, whoever they are, your friends, your family, your colleagues, etc., 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 you're going to you're going to have to go on with Jesus. There comes a time to let go. Say let go of the ones who do not understand you. That's hard, but it's something we have to do. We can't go around and around in a circle and let continually feel the pain that we feel. We have to let go of the ones who do not support what we're doing. We have to let go of the ones who do not live right. And we've come to that place in life where we know it's not right. And that iniquity is what's separating you from others. Their love of their pet snakes. And you can't walk with it. How can two be in agreement if they're apart from the unity 
and the obedience of Jesus Christ. There comes a time to let go of those who are jealous and envious of you. I mean, they have no idea the price you paid and the cost and the reason. <laughs> it wasn't for yourself. You have the Bible. All you needed to do was read the Bible and maybe go be an executive somewhere. And, and, and you would have gone through all this. But you said yes to Christ when he said, will you die for me? And you look at him and you know the condition of the earth and the need. And you said yes. And he took it and ran with it. But they don't know because they weren't there. Is it important that they know and understand and you got to spend the rest of your life trying to get them to understand and accept you? Or should we just walk on with Christ? And then we have to let go of something and it's painful, but we have to allow God to bring new people in our life. We have to allow God to heal up our wounds and to make us whole. Amen. We're going to have to allow God to make us whole the rest of our life because we're in a war with the kingdom of hell for the souls of the nations. We're going to have to let go of the people who judge us. I don't, you know, they, they have all kind of comments and they have all kind of opinions and well, that's just part of it, isn't it? Jesus said, they can't hate you. You don't tell them their ways are evil. See, Christ came to save us from our sins. That's going to be a division there. Right, right there, there's going to be a division. And you have to count the cost. There's going to be many walk away that don't want to leave their life of sin. But they claim Christianity. Some of them have the biggest churches in the world. And Jesus said, be careful of the deceitfulness of riches. I mean, Jesus owns the whole earth. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof. And he will give us what he wants us to have when he wants us to have it. But what he wants us to have more than anything is eternal life. He wants all of his servants to have eternal life. He wants all of his servants to have him in eternal life. That's the number one thing on Jesus' mind when he looks at you, his disciple, or you, his servant, is your soul. Yes, he wants to give you the desires of your heart to those that delight in him, but that's not his number one goal. His number one goal is your soul with him forever. That's a huge, amazing miracle. It's the biggest miracle to me on the earth is a saved soul to the end. There's no bigger miracle. And that's God's number one goal. And when he uses you for service for another soul, it's the same thing to build their life and to have them to the end. It's not about who's the greatest. Jesus taught, told his, his disciples, he said, it's not about who is the greatest or who gets this seed or who gets that. He said, your brother's and you have one Lord and you have one purpose so that all people can have and live and rise and make it on this earth. And if you could ever become uni unified in that, in love and truth, 
And my word is truth. And if you can be come together in love and truth and work as a family that I have tried to temper you together, you could change the world. But we have to let go of our agenda and our desire for anything that is ungodly and unholy and to serve Jesus the way he created us to do so. You will have to let go of someone else's unwholeness. And in that unwholeness, they want to make you feel guilty and they want to manipulate you in their narcissistic sickness. You have to let go of it. Because no matter what you do, you cannot change someone if they're not willing to change. You know, in the separation from these kind of people, does it mean that we don't love them anymore? Of course not. But we have to shrug it off, we have to shake it off, and we have to go through the obstacles of emotional pain. I mean, over and over, say no to these toxic cycles with people that only Jesus, only Jesus is the Savior here. We cannot save others. We're the light and we're the love and we're the hands and we're the feet. We are the body of Jesus Christ. But there's only one Savior. And only Christ can walk through someone's walls and set them free. And that's what we pray for these unwhole people. So that being said, the cost, the price, the expense is high to truly walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. It will cost you everything. But the reward of serving Jesus Christ to the best of your ability, pays great dividends on the earth and amazing rewards eternally. So embrace the cost and enjoy Jesus. Rialoran International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at www.rialoran.org.